This is an iFanboy Special Edition podcast on Justice League Dark. Oh, come all you young fellers, so young and so fine, and seek not your fortune in the dark, dreary mine. It'll form as a habit and seep in your soul till the stream of your blood runs as black as the coal. Where it's dark as a dungeon, damp as the dew. Hello, welcome to the Special Edition iFanboy Podcast on Justice League Dark. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with the iFanboy Animated Brain Trust, Paul Montgomery. Hey, kids. And Ryan Haupt. It's me. We're all back together again to talk about the latest DC Universe animated original film, Justice League Dark. There'll be some spoilers if you haven't seen it. This is the one that I was very interested to talk to you guys, especially Paul, about because it's a film starring all the sort of strange side magic characters in the DC Universe. Yeah, a lot of my favorites in here. We got Swamp Things in there, Dead Man, Etrigan the Demon, Constantine. <laughs> yeah, and it really is a Constantine movie, uh, much yeah. like way back when that Batman Superman movie was really a Supergirl movie. So, do you think they did this movie because they thought there would be a live action version out? That's maybe the genesis of this. In reality, it ends up being sort of scraps for people who miss the Constantine show. Yes. Because not only is what's his face Ryan back in, is yes. that his name Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan for yep. Matt Ryan back in for John Constantine, but uh, Dickie Bennett is back, <laughs> and he also had a role in the live action Constantine series. So, but it does feel like you know there were there were those rumblings for years about Guillermo del Toro doing a Justice League Dark movie, and then I think even after. You know, we all realize that's one of the things that he's going to say that would be interesting, but has way too many projects to pursue all of them. I think they went another. I think there was other directors maybe attached or at least saying that we're going to do this, but Guillermo del Toro is not going to be the helmer on it. Right. And then that's just kind of fallen to the wayside, uh, probably for the best, (laughs) (laughs) given the way things are going with their live action slate. But yeah, we always find it interesting the business side of this stuff because it's, it's changed yeah. so much since the, the line started originally. You know, they don't really do movies anymore that aren't the Justice League or Batman. On a rare occasion you'll get another one, but uh, this is called Justice League Dark. It opens up with a series of supernatural events that are too much for the regular Justice League to handle, so Batman goes off and gathers his own magical Justice League to fight it. And it's just interesting the way they have to constantly frame these movies as uh, Justice League movies. Because the first, it's it's really yeah, it's really fascinating because you've got Rosario Dawson back as Wonder Woman, and she's in there for like a hot minute, and that's it. And you know, you you have Batman ostensibly through this whole thing, but he's sort of the I guess the outsider, not DC's the outsider, but but he is the he's like sort of our, you know our eyes into the world of the the darker DC and all the mystical stuff going on. So he's around, but yeah, this is pretty much a John Constantine Zatanna movie yeah. with some fun from Dead Man and you know, some other side characters. but And a cameo by Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. So people are being possessed. They see demons. They try to kill their babies. I thought the opening was really dark. It was. Very dark. I think especially because that we were with our known like Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman. Like if I probably wouldn't have been surprised by that if they'd just gone full tilt into right. Constantine and Dead Man in the first place. But 
it was it, it i guess it's, it was sort of a way of, of in the cold open saying you know this is we're going to show you the other side of dc and sometimes you know superman isn't the right answer to dc's you know problems people hung up on meat hooks and babies almost being tossed off buildings it was intense i thought and also didn't feel bad for the lady in the car <laughs> she got an accident came out and said i've got the money to pay for it because i'm rich and i was like you can go ahead and die there's a little bit of commentary on our modern times i guess yeah it was dark but you know it, it set the tone for the rest of the movie and so i didn't have a problem with it it actually it being so dark i thought gave jason amara's batman the first opportunity to be kind and gentle yes that we've seen from him and That's i actually really yeah. appreciated that turn i have a bunch of notes here one of them is that in addition to what I thought was a very fun and lively voice cast, mm-hmm. I thought this was the first time I didn't hate Jason Amara's Batman. Yeah, this is, I think, his best turn at the role that we've seen in these movies. Yeah, I thought that using a bunch of... I mean, you know, in addition to these movies always being Justice League or Batman movies, it's always the same voice cast now that we're sort of following the New 52 model. So we, we basically have that same cast over and over and over again. So A, it was nice to have a movie with a different set of actors in it. But B... Because yeah, you had guys like Matt Ryan and Jeremy Davies. I mean, they've played these characters in live action, but I thought they brought a lot of life to it. These performances sometimes come off a little flat, mm-hmm. but I thought they were not at all. And also Camilla Luddington, who played Zatanna, was really good, too. And Ray Chase, who was Jason Blood, and Etrigan, he, was, he was both Jason Blood and Etrigan, which is a nice touch. I thought it was a fun voice cast. I really liked being around these people. and I thought they, It's yeah. a neat cast. Camilla Luddington from uh, Grey's Anatomy. She also is the, like the new Tomb Raider, or at least the video game Tomb Raider, right. not the yeah. live action one. but. Yeah, those are good. So it's it's yeah, it's a fun cast. I thought I think there were there was a bit of awkwardness in the beginning, but as I got into it, I think the the movie sort of came into its own. Structurally, really interesting movie. Again, it's one of the one of their shorter ones. It's a seventy five minute film. I think it would have benefited from you know a longer time frame or simplifying it at least because there's a lot of vignettes like the, i think yes. the most awkward one it was cool to see but for me the dead man origin didn't need to be there in the cars they tend to explain to batman who boston brand is while dead man's sitting there in the back seat they made it look cool i mean it's you know he's killed by you know a sniper bullet i like that he lands you know and does like he like he stuck the landing yeah. as an acrobat but then he looks down and realizes his body's on the ground and everybody's screaming and it's really intense and it's something that's cool about dead man is that he's kind of a comedic character a lot of times but yeah, he's a showman. very very dark you know origin and also very tragic he's he's, he's very tragic he's yeah. a ghost he you know unless he inhabits another body and steals someone's body he can't interact with people and I like the way they presented that. It's not like the they didn't change sort of the way that those other characters looked when they were possessed by Dead Man. Like there wasn't like they didn't have glowing eyes or anything like any kind of visual tell. They just sometimes had a little bit of a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, they would definitely have the accent. Yeah, they had the accent. But uh, but otherwise, I like that. I like visually that yes. he just sort of like leapt into them. And other than I wish they'd been a little bit more confident about just like going with it like this is dead man he jumps into bodies like having that origin story in there even though it was presented really cool it felt you know very shoehorned in to that moment there was only two i think origins shown it was dead man and the demon yeah right? the, uh, which one? they i think they changed right. etrigan's origin or at least etrigan's binding with jason blood that is not the, the origin story i remember I mean, that one came around and made it tie into the main story so it made sense but after but for the first half i was like so we're only getting origins for some of these people also 
do we need these origins? That was my thought as I was watching these. Yeah, it's they're cool, but like the especially the Etrigan one it comes so late in the game. Yeah, I was like, why is this here other than to show that there's this blood rivalry between him and yeah, we kind of got Destiny. swamp things explained to us not shown i right. guess they assume people watching this watched constantine so don't need to know about him or but they also didn't explain satana I, I just thought i'm not saying they needed to i'm just saying it was an odd choice to do some but not all they didn't need to do all was Zatanna on the live action show i didn't watch no, it she wasn't okay sadly she was in smallville she popped she up smallville but, so we're, we're beyond that so I, I don't think we've seen her live action in any of the no. cw shows now what was interesting with zaytana was i'm assuming that she was doing backwards incantations but yeah. i watched everything again with subtitles and it says strange like magical <laughs> language or something <laughs> which i thought was funny it didn't actually like spell them out backwards let's zoom out i sure. overall i really I had some problems with it, but overall, I had fun with it. This is yeah, actually one of the more enjoyable ones I found. I had a good time watching it. Yeah, and and again, like as it goes, I think it, it gains more confidence. I think the animation even gets better yeah. as you go. Like that Etrigan origin story we mentioned, pretty grisly. Not the best animated one. There's some awkward stuff with horses, like yeah. like chopping off hooves of horses. And lots and the, of and the, and the costuming I thought was weird. Like the yeah. armor didn't look like actual. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure. It, Sure. Difficult to animate armor, but at the same time, it just looked weird. The armor just and then, didn't fit. Yeah, but by the time you get to like Felix Faust, you know, shooting around crazy magical symbols and totems and stuff, uh, it was pretty slick looking. Really great movement and everything. The character designs are pretty pretty good. Yeah, but Etrigan looked great. Constantine almost had the proper length coat. It was a little longer <laughs> than the one on the TV show. Yeah, I had fun. I I, I maybe because I was on cold medicine watching it, but I was really into it. <laughs> And sad to see these characters go, you know? I'd rather see another one of these films than probably another one of the yes. Justice League films. So the mm-hmm. whole time I was watching it, I was enjoying it, and I had I really legitimately couldn't tell, like, am I going to hop on the mic tomorrow and get yelled at, like, Assault on Arkham? <laughs> because I, <laughs> I really wasn't sure if you guys were going to enjoy this or not, but the whole time I was like, well, I'm enjoying it, so I'm either going to have to play defense tomorrow or <laughs> no, no, this hope is... that everyone else liked it too. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's fun with some sort of like structural flaws, but it's all out of like ambition, though. Yes. I think it's it's just they bit, they bit off a little bit more than they could chew in some areas. You know, I think it's neat to set up Constantine with the poker game with the demons, but I also kind of don't like that felt kind of extraneous to everything right. else going on. You didn't learn anything about him, really. Normally, yeah. you just have a scene like that to learn something about the main hero. So later on, you'll know what he'll do in a situation. And you didn't really, I thought, learn. He cheated in cards. Okay, everyone, yeah, and- everyone at the table was shooting at cards. Like, it wasn't like he didn't stand out in the group, other than he was more cunning than the rest of them. I guess that tells you something about Those him. three demons did come back. Right. Yeah, it does. Final, it, final yeah, it, it does, you know, continue the theme of their demons, you know, about. But uh, there's stuff like. I think the House of Mystery was was presented pretty cool. Yes. But like, I don't know. Like, what the is orchid, it? The Orchid character? Yeah, Orchid. I was like, I don't really. I, that's kind of. When I, when I saw her, I was like. Oh, are they doing that? Like, that's really getting involved in stuff that you don't need to for simplicity's sake. And, and to, to just to make it, you know, a, a love interest for Dead Man is kind of, you know, funny. But I guess they don't delve too deeply into that. So it's just kind of a curiosity. So yeah, maybe my, my concerns were, you know, a little unfounded in the beginning. But but yeah, as they settled in and I realized what this was and how well this team and, as you said, the ensemble really kind of embraced it really fun and i felt like a great sort of template for 
do like an animated Constantine show that yeah. or like a series of of these movies, I think would be really fun because at that point you don't have to worry about the origins anymore. You can just do story and character stuff. And that's the stuff that was good in this. As you said, the demons are in, in the DCU. Just they can handle it. They have the Batman gathers together this team. They think it's Felix Faust. They go fight him. It turns out it's not him, and it's actually Destiny, and that's where the big battle happens with a possessed Justice League fighting the Justice League Dark. I was, again, hopped up on cold medicine watching this movie, and I was <laughs> like, wow, there's a lot of movie left for the final battle with the bad guy when they're fighting Felix Faust, because I, I just wasn't yeah. sharp. And I just I, I was like, well, this is interesting. What are they going to do for the last half hour? And then I, I didn't catch the twist, is what I'm saying, which is funny mm -hmm. because I was all excited about Jeremy Davies being in the series, although it was funny that they didn't make the character look like the TV version, they made him look like the comic version. Yeah, even though it was the same actor, that's, yeah. That's Matt Ryan weird. looks like, you know, basically both, so it's fine. That was funny. I, I, was, so, I was so into the, him being there that I didn't even catch the fact that he had a ponytail, which obviously we all know means he's evil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of random notes. I was really bummed about Swamp Thing. Yeah. You know, he doesn't show up until minute 42 of 74, and then, it, then he's there for like three minutes, and then he shows up at the, that's the, is the deus ex machina at the end. But I was looking forward to that. I like Swamp Thing. I thought, you know, he's an interesting, he's like the Hulk on the team. Oh, really? Because I think of Etrigan as more of the Etrigan, Hulk. yeah. He is so unlike everyone else. Jason Blood is at least human when he's in his human form. Right. Whereas Swamp Thing's always Swamp Thing, so he's that other in the background. You just want to be left alone. Like the Hulk. Yeah, I wasn't big on his design. Like, they made he's him a little big. bulky. Which yeah. was kind of interesting, and I was like, okay, that's something they could do to differentiate him from the other characters. But I, I didn't like his mouth. <laughs> I didn't like, I like it. Just the the character design I felt was one of the weaker ones. When it's you know it's Swamp Thing. This is a really cool design, a really cool concept. Like go crazy with it. And even you know in the the new Fifty Two, we saw a lot of really interesting takes on Swamp Thing. You know, we saw Swamp Thing with wings. Not that you have to do like a atypical version of Swamp Thing, but you can do the traditional Swamp Thing. And make him more visually interesting than just a big hulking green dude with you know, I brown shrimp. He's really hard to animate in any kind of good way. Yeah, um, I was. I, 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 level, I felt the same sure. way you did when he first came on. I was like, oh, he's just kind of green. Then I then I thought, you know what? It's possible to animate all those vines and trees, and I mean, it would look awesome. At least in this in this budgeted area, if it was like a full on feature budget, maybe. But that's true. That was a kind of a bummer. He was hardly in it. So what was interesting about this film is, so every Justice League film so far pretty much has been a mirror of the comic book lineup, which hasn't really changed since the first issue five years ago or six years ago. But here we're starting to see an expansion of the team. So we had John Stewart was in, was replacing Hal Jordan, who was off-planet, and Hawkman was there, although he didn't get a line of dialogue. But that sort of mirrored the Bruce Tim lineup. I totally missed Hawkman. Where was Hawkman? He was I sitting totally at the table next to, next to John Stewart oh. in the beginning. Okay. He didn't have a line, so you may have missed him. <laughs> okay. So at the end of the mo movie, Zatanna reveals that they've invited her to join the Justice League, which, you know, she was a member of the Justice League for many years. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then she says to Constantine, and they want you too. And I literally went, what? <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense, but uh, I don't think they end up joining the Justice League, as, as it's implied at the end. But I think it would make sense for them to have him join just so they could keep an eye on him. Like they I would keep know. him on the they would keep him on the bench pretty much, but then otherwise they just kind of want to. It's sort of like Marvel with the Punisher. Like we just want to know what you're doing and what's going on. Doesn't change the fact that Batman still has that dumbass chin strap that I really hate. <laughs> also, Superman has had like six costumes in the last yep. six years, and they're still sticking with that original one here, which is just looks. It still continues to look so terrible, especially the neck. It just it just looks bad. And I didn't think that's really dated and. Jerry yeah. O'Connell didn't. I don't think he. Yeah, he kind of phoned it in this time. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't love his performance. I mean, I didn't have anything other than real, like small nitpicks. I thought this was super great. 
you just nitpicky stuff and it's just like I, I i think it it feels like a proof of concept for like yeah more of these would be fun if they decided to go that route yeah if they're successful like matt ryan is totally into it you know yeah i think my favorite sequence was probably when they're escaping the hospital if only because you get to see dead man like saving people in really interesting and unique ways that only yes. he could yes you know because he can't he's a, he's incorporeal so he can't physically shove someone out of the way so he has to jump into them and then make them jump out of the way and like how he kind of would chain move combos together to help people i thought was really well done yeah really smart like uses of of, like different characters using their powers like complaining that the one guy hadn't worked out enough so he couldn't run down a hallway he's like man like eat some fruit guy you know That yeah. was the um, voice was uh, Nicholas Turturro. I was also glad they really stuck with uh, Etrigan rhyming. Like, I, yes, because I think some some of the more modern writers haven't always necessarily done that. It's hard. I know. I know it's hard, but I love it. <laughs> no, I love it. Yeah, I, I do too. It's and, and, but it's it's like one of the things that makes him special, like and, and differentiates and, uh, yeah. him. Like we said, he's sort of like a Hulk character. So if you add, you know, the old English rhyming, that gives him something and. Like, I mean, he's a big demon, but he's like, like other versions of that character. Like he wouldn't be wearing the clothes. He has like really ornate costumery and yeah. you want to add the old English to it. It's just it, that's part of the fun of that character. And yep. I like that Jason Blood is so like he's been around so long. And then, you know, Constantine comes around and he's so fast and loose with his magic. And Jason Blood is like not having it and wants to do everything to keep from releasing the demon. And uh, so I I love that dynamic. That's a thing that, like, again, I would love to see if they continued on, you know, doing that. Although, here's your spoiler, he was killed at the end. So he was killed at the end, so I was like, oh. <laughs> it seems unnecessary. Yeah, because you already had one of Constantine's friends. You had another one of his friends die in this, right. so, you know. Um, and he was killed because he was separate, separated from the demon. Right. And then, and so his his wound that mur- so like when they change his origin, the origin I remember Jason Blood having was he betrayed the Knights of the Round Table and helped yes. Morgan Le Fay infiltrate Camelot, and right. so Merlin punished him by binding him to the demon. So he you know he has to live forever with his betrayal. But in this, he was in a battle fighting for King Arthur and gets stabbed, and so Merlin binds him to the demon to keep him alive. And so when he gets unbound from the demon, the wound comes back. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's fine. It's, you know. They're both neat, you know, ideas. Like, I, I don't, you know, I think. He's had different ones throughout the years. Yeah. I mean, okay. like Merlin's still involved. And so, like of all, like of everything else going on, like Merlin's in this movie. Like that there's so there's so much in here. Like, like Alfred Molina is a character in this movie. He's destiny. Yeah, he's the big <laughs> he's, bad. He's, he's the him. big bad. And you could totally miss that uh, unless you looked at the, because I, I felt he sort of like disappeared into the role, honestly. Yes. It's not a meaty role. I mean, it's a big bad, but, you know, compared to like Felix Faust, there's a lot of character there. Yeah. I didn't even know it was him until I looked up the cast list. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like that, I felt like that could have been like any journeyman, you know, uh, voiceover actor doing that, to be perfectly honest. Yes, yes. Um, Not that it was bad, just that it was like, that's, it wasn't distinctly Alfred Molina. You're playing Skeletor, basically. That's, that's kind of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I think this is great. If you're a fan of you know, these magic side characters, I think you should definitely check this out. One of the better ones they've done. We, ha- you know, we haven't liked one of these really mainstreamy ones in a while. This is the best yeah. one. Yeah. And I think I that think was probably my favorite one since Gods and Monsters. Yes. Which was really, really good. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, Gods and Monsters are still better, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But as I think, and I think coming into this, I, f- I feel like I had like, I don't know if it's undue prejudice towards these, but uh, like, I, uh, I think, uh, I was weary a, of it, a warranted skepticism about this, but it won me over. So I think maybe watching it again, I would probably enjoy it even more because this was one that won me over. Cause this, you like these characters a lot. It could have been really bad for you if this had been like another suicide squad. Yeah. The, yeah. That could have been, that could have been grating. So we also saw the trailer for uh, Judas Contract, right? Yes, so the next film in the list is, is Teen Titans. I'm sorry, I'm, I assumed it was going to be Justice League colon Teen Titans. <laughs> Judas Contract was, It's the Judas Contract, which has a bit of history to it because when this line was originally announced mm-hmm. way, way back in 2007, so it's been 10 years now we've been talking about these movies, the Judas Contract was supposed to be the second or the third film in the line. <laughs> really? I knew. I knew it was like in the dock for a long time but the third one when they originally announced it they, they announced Superman Doomsday Justice League The New Frontier and Teen Titans The Judas Contract and Superman did really really well New Frontier didn't and so they put Judas Contract on the shelf because they realized oh we need to focus on the, the main heroes even though they are all it doesn't make any sense it's just interesting because that like 10 years ago that like that probably predates like the comics like total mad on for Deathstroke it does because like, I feel like and I think it also predates Teen Titans Go. So I'm interested in this because it's one of my favorite all-time stories. I was a big, you know, Marvin Wolfman and George Perez fan. Sure. However, I am bummed because had it come out when it was originally supposed to, I'm sure it would have been a much closer adaptation to the original comics. Here you've mm-hmm. got a team that is made up of, of basically the, the lineup that we saw in the Justice League vs. Teen Titans movie. and then, So you've got Blue Beetle and you've got, you know, uh, Changeling and Cyborg. And, and you've got Damian Wayne as Robin, not, you know, and Blue Beetle and Damian Wayne, not, you know, not around the Wolfman Perez era. Not super excited about the lineup. Not super excited about Do we about see that. Dick in the trailer, though? We do. He's as Nightwing. Yeah, we do, but it's it's red costume Nightwing. Yeah. Sometimes, and I've never been clear on the distinction when or why, he'll change the blue bird on the Nightwing costume to a red bird. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was Dick because he didn't have his chain. Oh, right. You're right. That it was... looked like he had <laughs> his, his black V-neck, but he didn't have the chain, which has been one of my favorite recurring features. Like, they didn't do that just once. Like, that's been in, like, three different movies now. Right. Yeah. Not a fan. So, you know, it, I'm interested, and, and J.M.D. Matias, who did the plot for this Justice League Dark movie, wrote the script for the next one. That's good. But then again, he also wrote, he also did Justice League versus Teen Titans, which I didn't there were moments in that. Yeah, there were moments. That in had that. its moments. Like they did some Teen Titan-y stuff. I'm just not looking forward to a Teen Titans Go version of this story. I know they did it in the original, in the cartoon before Teen Titans Go. They did a version of this, which everybody apparently loved. But I didn't watch the show. That was a good show. I haven't watched any Teen Titans Go, but the original Teen Titans cartoon I was a big fan of. You know, I'm, I'm keeping my mind open because I did, I did so much enjoy this Justly Dark one, but I'm not. You mean in, ter- you mean in terms of the lineup? It's, it's not really the tone of Teen Titans Go. No, but it's the lineup, and, and at one point in the trailer, Starfire yells, Teen Titans Go. It just continues to bump me out that these old stories are getting completely re- redone. Right, because they have to take because now they want everything to take place in a continuity as opposed to just telling good standalone right. stories. So you don't have I didn't I didn't see Raven in there. Well, Raven was in the the Teen Titans. Oh, she versus is in there. She's in there. I didn't see Jericho though. I mean, I'm sure they're in there, but it's it's just to me as a as a big fan of those old books, it's a bummer to not have seen this one. It was supposed to come out ten years ago in a different form. This movie will feature one of the last performances of Miguel Ferrer as, as Deathstroke. Oh wow! Yeah, I, yeah. When he passed away, I know I was looking on his IMDb page because I was like, that guy was in everything. And I, I remember him way back from uh, Disney movie Blank Check, Preston Waters. He was the bad, big bad guy in that. And I looked, I was like, man, this guy played a lot of DC villains. Yes. 
He was also Aquaman back in the old uh, right. Yeah. yeah, we'll look forward to that. They don't have a, there's not a release date on that yet. Uh, it's just coming soon. But we'll look forward to that. And then after that, we've got another Batman film, which is a, will be an original story by Bruce Timm. So that will be interesting. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. Cool. Batman and Harley Quinn. Okay. <laughs> which makes sense because it's uh, sure she was the only thing people liked in Suicide Squad. So uh, and she's gonna you know get her Gotham Sirens movie, right? Who knows. Who knows? But you can go to fanboy.com and find a post in this show and talk about Justice League Dark if you watched it. And you can find our other old animated Brain Trust podcast there as well, as long as all the other podcasts we do. If you listen to the regular weekly show, we talk about the weekly books. You know that February is the month of podcasts. So you can look, there's podcasts on Riverdale, there's podcasts on Powerless, there's podcasts on Legion. You can find all that stuff there at ifanboy.com. So until Teen Titans, the Judas Contract, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I'm Ryan. Where it's dark as the dungeon, damp as the dew, danger is double, and the pleasures are few. Where the rain never falls, the sun never shines, it's dark as a dungeon. Way down in the 